This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. This is a shareable mini episode where I ask the guest 10 important big questions, and they have to answer them as fast as they possibly can. I call it Think Fast. Welcome back to Think Fast. My name is Jeff Gabbard. I'm your host. And today with me on Think Fast is Pablo Ambrosia. And we are going to talk about the 10 rapid fire questions that he's going to answer today. Pablo, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. First question. What is one book that everybody listening should read next? Jocko Willick's um, uh, uh, Ultim- uh, Extreme Ownership. Extreme Ownership. Sorry. Yep. Um, I make all the people that work for me, anybody who's going to work for me or work with me, uh, they all have to read this book. Um, I thought when I was first told to read it, you know, I looked up Jocko and I was like, all right, I get it. Ownership, ultimate, bravado, macho. When you read the book, that is simply not the case. Yeah. This idea of the onus being on the speaker and not the listener um, is to me like, it's like another golden rule you know, do unto others and something that if right now the world was doing more of, I think we would be way better off. Uh, he has this one chapter, he talks about these rules and he has this one rule that as the leader, the onus is on you to be understood. It is not on them to understand you. Right. And I kind of take that and I extrapolate it into other parts of my life. But when I talk to my wife, I have to make sure that, especially if we're not getting along, I have to make sure that she fully understands what I'm trying to say. And most importantly, what I'm trying to convey. Because if I say, if I'm trying to say, I love you, but I'm sick of X. And all she hears is I'm sick of X. We're not speaking the same language anymore. Yep. And I think that's like, like a, like a superpower onto itself. You're a bit, if you can really truly communicate your intent, I think a lot of the, the silliness that we're going through right now as a country, but also as individuals, I think it all goes away um, because I think most people, again, this is purely stemmed in my belief that most people are good and truly have good intentions. Nah, man, I dig all that. And, and I felt very similar to you before reading that book where I was like, uh, you know, I'm not into like the whole military bravado, you know, like tough guy, wake up at 5am and work out like that's, that's just not my world. And, and I'm not comfortable there. So I didn't think I was going to enjoy the book and all the military references. I'm like, I don't understand this. But I read the book and I was like, this book is absolutely amazing. And it's right. it's like such a call to action to be a better leader and to take responsibility and ownership for, you know, your relationships for, you know, your leadership for your all different things. It's such a phenomenal book. It's a really good uh, recommendation. Okay. Question two, what's your favorite podcast? And you can't say shareable. I'm going to say it's one of two. Um, one is kind of a little too on the nose considering who I am, but one is actually, I really enjoy listening to Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the biggest reasons though, is not what most people I think listen to him for. I'm a jujitsu guy. I fought professionally. So I'm into all that. He works out. I like that. And there's a lot of things he says. I don't necessarily agree with. I actually really like it when he has people on that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy the idea of listening to people that I don't agree with almost at all. Um, and the reason for that is I think it strengthens my resolve on things I believe in. It forces me to question things that I believe in because I get to hear someone who's probably fairly you know, intelligent or not, but it can make a good argument or most importantly, is very erudite and can put things in a way that forces me to go, hmm. And now I force, okay, you know what? I got to go look into that. I got to go see, was he right? Was he lying? Oh, wow. He wasn't lying. All right. Yeah. But he left this part out. You know what I mean? Like it forces me to question assumptions. 
Yeah. Um, and I think that's really, really important. I'm a big proponent of the way you beat bad ideas is with good ideas. And just like you need to train your body by making it do things it doesn't want to do, you train your mind by making it hear things it doesn't want to hear and really rub it against that friction and be like, okay, now I know why I really don't like that idea. Or maybe that idea has merits, but I think it's answered in this way. You know what I mean? Um, really forces me to be more um, three-dimensional with my thinking. I dig it. Um, and then the other one has nothing to do. It's just, I, look, it's aggressive comedy. It, I like edgy, you know, in-your-face comedy. I'm a Bill Burr kind of like, I want I want to go, it. oh my God, like you know, stuff like that. So I really enjoy a podcast called You Know What, Dude. It's uh, it's like a comic hang in the, yeah. from a bunch of New York comics, and they just, they just crush each other. It's basically an hour and a half of like four or five comics, men, women, gay, straight, you know, all the the whole gambit because it's New York comedy scene, so it's really, really, really diverse. And then just giving it to each other, and I think that there's a, um, there's a unity in having that kind of freedom with one another. So like I, I spent a lot of my time in gyms and on fighting mats and in rings, which is this super, you would think super bravado. Ugh. And some of them are for sure. And I try to avoid those as much as I can. The places that like those that I love the most are almost invariably very diverse. Um, but there's this equality because everyone here is trying to do the same thing. So it doesn't matter if you're, you know, black, white, Asian, you know, LGBTQ plus, you know, male, female, we're all trying to do the same thing. And because of that, we can kind of give each other crap. And there's this equality. I, I give you crap, you give me crap. And it's all coming from a good place. Mm -hmm. um, and I like that. I, I really enjoy hearing that. I think there's a humanity to it that sometimes we forget about. I dig that, man. I, uh, I had an idea for a podcast a while back that I am not qualified to host, but the uh, idea for the show was going to be called The Line. And it was just going to be comedy that tries to figure out where's the line. Where's the line? It, and I, th yeah. I think that's important. I yeah. Think that's like really there's a important. subreddit I follow called too soon. And it's, <laughs> it's all like stuff that's like, mm, maybe that's in poor taste because like that just happened. But um, I enjoy dark humor too. Uh, it's, it's tough. Cause there's like a real fine line there, but I do appreciate that as well. So I'm going to look into that one. All right. So question three is what negative experience in your life? Are you most happy that it happened to you? Again, there's two. One, uh, I, uh, my parents' divorce was very difficult on me and my brother. It was a very ugly divorce. Um, and this is not like there was one side that was evil. and one, It's just two adults who, you know, what's the opposite of love? Hate. And they loved each other a lot. And so when it came time to go the other way, it went the other way. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, as a kid, you have to figure that out. Like, you know, these people created me and they hate each other. It's my fault. Am I a bad person? Is, you know, am I the reason? Um, and it's exacerbated by the fact that we went from living on literally a castle on a hill. Like we lived on right next to Kip's castle in Verona, this big, big, beautiful house to living in orange in a not so nice place. You know, the, 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 our block was a really dangerous block. I got into a ton of fights and altercations. And while all that was incredibly scary, I am who I am. I mean, primarily because of that intense shift from super duper privileged to things being very sideways back to my mom after, you know, six or seven years moving us out of there into a, a much nicer neighborhood. But that experience, while very traumatic, it made me who I am and I like who I am. So I'd say that would be the number one. The number two would be, um, I, I, you know, those, 
physical, you know, being jumped and, 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 and getting into a lot of physical altercations, they're terrifying and they're horrible. And I don't suggest it for anybody. Um, however, I will say the only positive is you find out exactly who you are when you're terrified. Um, and what I've learned about myself is that I don't cut and run. Um, and I, I use that, that reminder that I know I will sit there and do what I think is right, even when maybe I'm about to catch a whooping. Um, as a reminder of why I, you know, I'm going to go have this conversation, why I'm going to go do this hard thing, why I'm, I'm not going to quit because if that didn't break me, this is not going to be the thing, you know, stuff like that. I dig that, man. I, so my answer to that question would typically be, uh, I had a, a bad acid trip in college and I look at that as like, literally like that, that is a new anchor in my yeah. life where I'm like, well, it's never going to get that bad. So everything's up for like, that's as well, the bad walls as aren't melting. Ever. So yeah, I'm pretty like, good right now. <laughs> it's like eight hours of terror. And like, after that, it's like, well, what, what am I scared of now? <laughs> like I got nothing left after that. So whatever. All right. Um, what's the lesson that you wished you learned earlier in life? Uh, discipline. I was a very undisciplined kid. Uh, I only did what I wanted to do. And I, and since I don't do particularly well with authority, it'd be like, Oh, you're telling me to do X. Okay, cool. X is never happening. <laughs> yeah. Easiest um, way to get people like us to do what you want us to do is to tell us that we can't do the opposite. It. Yeah. You yeah. can't do this. Oh, nah, I there's can't. no way oh. you can do that. Oh, really? I can't. Now it's happening in the next day. A funny, quick, funny story about that. Just real quick aside. We just got uh, some plants for my rooftop, like a basil plant, chili pepper plant. My wife was like, you're never going to water those. I have watered them four days in a row because I was like, there is no way I'm letting these plants Chew and marker across your forehead so you remember in the mirror. five reminders. I got water jugs sitting everywhere. Yeah, I'm exactly the same way. Yeah. Um, what I've learned now is that I have to be, I have to, I have to constantly do the thing I don't want to do. And the trick then now is to find the thing I don't want to do that has as many positive outcomes as possible. So like within the last two years, I've become very, very dependent on Google Calendar. Mm -hmm. Right. And now I'm, I can't believe I didn't use Google calendar for everything. Yep. Right. Like, so now every, if it's happening in my life, it's in Google calendar. Yep. Um, and it's not the discipline of following the calendar for me. It's the discipline of putting it in. Yeah. And that, that now has freed me up to just be so much more productive and get so much more done and be much more free. Now I'm, when it's done time, I can yep. go play my video game or, you know, I'm in, I'm into like dorky video games. I don't play first person shooters. I want like, big story. I want to put a hundred hours in. I want to have magic. What, want, uh, what, what are you on a console or your PC gamer? I'm right now a console player. I, because I decided to take the, the hit and buy my son a PC instead, but my next purchase is a PC for me. Um, what's uh, what's your console? Uh, PlayStation four. Okay, cool. I'm, I, I tried to get a PlayStation five, but you know, scammers and such. I couldn't get my hands on one. Yeah. So I actually um, only got mine because uh, somebody sent me a referral fee and I was like, well, if I put this directly into the PS5, it's basically like buying it retail. Yeah, so that's awesome. That's how I wound up getting mine. But yeah, and it was it was that, uh, so. it, uh, it's like I'm playing a game right now called um, Pillars of Eternity. Like it's just straight up D and D on a console. Like that's my jam. I love Got stuff it. like that. All right, cool. Um, what do you believe is the most important skill of the future? I would say the most important skill of the future is going to be this ability to communicate honestly. And what I mean by that is I think that as the, as, as the, as the, as the future becomes more interconnected, more virtual, where we can do something like this and not be in the same state where ideas and information is the big commodity. Um, I think 
if you can't convey what you really mean and be genuine about it, I think it's only a matter of time before you get shown to be a fault, you know, a fraud. I think the days of Coca-Cola saying X and doing Y, or the days of a big conglomeration doing X, saying X but doing Y, are over because I'm not a big, I don't, I, I'm not a big like poo-pooer on the on the most recent generation. I don't hate millennials. I don't hate uh, Gen Z or whatever the. I actually think they're going to be the saving grace. Uh, of of uh, of of the culture, and by the way, I'm not a I'm not like we could have a whole conversation about woke activism and cancel culture and all that stuff, but I think that where our generations and generations before us maybe had an idea of way we wanted the world to be, I don't think we were willing to necessarily put our money where our mouth was. Maybe now as we've gotten older, but this generation coming up, who I deal with a lot, they won't buy something if they don't agree with that, what they stand for, or if they, they won't, they will vote in a way with their money. And I think that that's going to put on notice a lot of companies where if they're not genuinely trying to do the right thing, they're not, they're not going to be around. Um, So I think the trick is going to be to convey what you truly mean and your intention and being genuine about it. Dig it. Uh, What industry or career path do you think has the most promising future or potential? That's a hard one because I'm so skewed with this answer. I think it's going to be in the ability to help people reach their potential, like a coaching or mentoring or things like that. But I can't give you a financial reason why that's the case. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that individuals in the workplace are becoming more individuals and less cogs in a a machine. Mm -hmm. And I think that companies are going to need to figure out how to make that person the best version of themselves not just the best employee. So I think that they're going to have to employ people like, you know, coaches and, you know, psychologists and who are there to really just help this person be a great person. Um, Again, because I think, you know, being genuine is going to be a commodity in the future. Okay. Um, What is one thing that everybody listening to this episode should go and do today? They have to be able to either do it entirely today or the very least start it today. Um, this is an obvious one considering what I do for a living. I think they should start exercising. Um, and I don't necessarily mean it with this idea of looking a certain way. I think they should find the thing that they're going to get the most out of. Maybe it's strength training. Maybe it's going to run cardio. Maybe it's working on energy systems, whatever it is. But go do it. And if you hate it, double down on it. Because again, while the physical aspects are really important for sure, I think it's going to force you to see the things that you don't want to see about yourself and give you an opportunity to fix it. Oh man, I keep thinking about myself at the gym. Um, <laughs> okay, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Alternatively, you can pick one superhero or supervillain's entire set of powers, so it's up to you. So my son asks me this on like three times a day. So, so you've got like at least- uh, yeah. So I, ready? So I'm gonna tell you, if, if I'm allowed to be completely okay, so completely overpowered, the number one power would be time manipulation. The ability to speed up or slow down time, when you think about it from a combative standpoint, is just like you could be fighting. Let's pick super, like Superman, who's like the epitome yeah. of uh, overpowered. If I can control time, I could slow him down to a crawl and do whatever I want. Yeah, if I go need find to, some kryptonite and then yeah, like, it'd be like, oh, here, 
there you go, homie. Like, yeah. <laughs> have fun with this. <laughs> um, if I needed to learn something, I could slow down time and then go speed up time to go do the thing I have to go do. So that's like the overpowered, unfair ability. If we take that off the, off the, off the, I think that's the, a great answer to the question, by the way. And no one has ever given that answer. I hear a lot of like flight. I hear a lot I think of flight like, is such a weird thing to want. I get, I get it. it too. Like, I would just but like, like teleportation. Why? Fly? I was like, ex- exactly. My son was like, why don't you want to fly? He's like, well, if I can speed up time, I can get there in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Right. And if I say I couldn't do that, I teleport. I'm there immediately. Yeah. And I don't have to do anything to get there. <laughs> yeah. You don't have wind or bugs in your face. Like, I mean, yeah. it's I think, cold up there. I think flying is a short-sighted uh, uh, superpower. Yeah. Now, if I can't have an OP power like that, um, believe it or not, I think the uh, the healing factor that either Wolverine specifically has, not uh, Deadpool's healing factor. And the reason is the origin of the healing factors. And again, I'm, we're going to dork out for a second. I'm so, so, I'm so glad you're going here. Go. So Deadpool's it. superpower, his healing factor is based on what they call in the comic his super cancer. So his cells proliferate at such a high rate that if he cuts off an arm or whatever, the cells will proliferate and then you'll have a new arm, right? He'll just heal immediately because he's got this super cancer. Um, Wolverine's superpower, his super healing is super adaptation. So every time he gets shot, his body gets better at healing from getting shot. Every time he gets stabbed, his body gets better at healing from getting stabbed. It's so a little it like learns. Doomsday. Yes, very similar to do well, That's where Doomsday got it from, by the way. That's yeah. the whole thing. But so his that I think that idea of a power of a superpower is so powerful because it allows you to screw up. Right. I think knowledge earned is so much better than knowledge just given. So if I could learn that way and know that I could do anything, try anything. And learn from it. Hey, look, I could survive a nine foot fall, not a 10 foot fall. I could learn Mandarin because I can live for a really long time because my body, you know, heals. Um, I could go learn Kung Fu today and Wang Chung tomorrow and kickboxing and my body will heal immediately. I could do all these things and know that I'm going to be okay and learn from those experiences. That would be my non-OP superpower. Super awesome. And I love the geeking out. And I know the answer to your next to this next question, I think, but I'm still going to ask it. Uh, if there was a drug or vaccine that you could take that gave you an 80% chance of developing a superpower, random superpower could be any superpower. You don't know what's going to be. It's kind of a grab bag. And a 20% chance of developing an incurable terminal disease. Would you take it? Such a hard, is it, my instinct is, yeah. I mean, of course I want to be, I want to make the world a better place. I, you know, I think sacrifice is important. The only caveat is my son. Yep. Because I want to be, I, my, I, I take being a father incredibly seriously. Um, I have made a very conscious decision that to me, my job is never more important than my son. I will, I have sacrificed money, opportunities to be around my kid, uh, because to me, that's just more important. Yep. Um, so the idea that I could not be around for him is a really rough one. And the reason I still say yes, though, is, you know, I, I take very seriously the idea of a superhero and I talk to him openly about it. And, you know, good for the world to do. So there's an old saying for evil to exist or to, 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 to um, persist, evil to, ex- to persist, exist or persist yeah, and do nothing. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that's real. And if I, I, I like to think of myself as a good person who would do the right thing. And if I could have a power that would fundamentally make the world a better place, I think 80% is a good chance. 
So it's interesting. There's so many different variables in here. There's like, so the incurable terminal disease, is it something that kills you in a year, six months, something that takes 25 years, right? True. So like That's that also could it. be that. Yeah. 80-20 also changes it. And also- what are what's what's in the grab bag of superpowers? Yeah, no, also, can I just like, levitate? Because that's not cool. I don't yeah, want to just like, levitate. <laughs> I was talking to a buddy of mine. I was like, "What's the stupidest superpower?" He's like, "The ability to grow your hair." <laughs> like you would like. Did you ever watch? So I I'm also an anime dork, right? Mm-hmm. So and I've got my son into anime because he was watching YouTube, and I was like, "Enough with the 30 second. You need to watch a story." Yeah. And I couldn't get him into any other cartoons. So I was like, "We'll watch Naruto together," because I love Naruto in college. Yeah. He loves it. So I'm like, go oh, watch this. Watch this. When he got me into, which is every kid should be like forced to watch this cartoon. It's called My Hero Academia. Okay. Okay. The whole idea behind this comic, it's a manga originally and now a, a show. And I went and I read the mangas because I was like blown away by the show. The idea is that in this world, it's earth, but it's, you know, wherever else, uh, something like 90 something percent of people on the planet have a superpower. Okay. And the superpowers range from like totally useless superpowers. Like you have a really, you have a beak and that's it. So yeah, you're totally normal, but you have a beak Um, or like super powered superpowers where they're like invulnerable and can shoot lasers and fly. Um, And there's, there's, and there's a, it runs the whole gambit. And the story follows this kid who is born with no superpowers. Right. And all he's ever wanted to be is a superhero and do the right thing and be a you know, hero to others. And there's these high schools that train people with powers. And inside the high school, you could be like a hero hero that like save people, or you could be like support, or you could be like disaster relief or whatever. So to make a long story short, he ends up getting powers, which is actually directly from, in like the first episode, second episode, so I'm not ruining anything, from the most powerful superhero, which is this guy called All Might, right? And what turns out is All Might, part of his power is his power gets passed from person to person when they get to a certain age. Now, usually it gets passed to somebody who already has powers, but this kid is like, there's this moment where he literally just jumps into this unwinnable situation to save his friend when all these other superheroes are just watching because they know they can't beat this guy. And so All Might sees the willingness to sacrifice and do the right thing out of this kid. So he chooses this kid. Well, the problem is All Might's powers are so strong that every time he even starts to use the powers, he breaks. So like this is amazing scene in the first episode where he's going to break down this robot in a training session because he wants to make the high school, the superpowered high school. So he jumps up in the air and both his legs break, but he's in the air and both his legs are broken. He looks down, he realizes his legs are broken and he's like, oh my God. And he sees the robot coming closer. So he punches the robot and he blasts the robot to pieces. Now his arm's broken now. So he's falling to the earth and he realizes that if he hits the ground, he could probably be okay. But if he goes faster, he'll be able to save this little girl from the debris. So he like forces himself into the ground and he punches the ground to get her away, breaks his other arm. And so he's on the ground, just broken to bits. But his willingness to do the right thing, no matter what, is his real superpower. And so like he gets healed because there's another super, superhero who can heal people. So he gets healed. And the whole point of the show is his need to produce, to do Kazen, you know, constant improvement every day Yeah. through training to build his body and his mind and his ability to use his powers to eventually become the greatest superhero of all time. And like that- What's it called? My Hero Academia? My Hero Academia, right? That idea- is like super, like, like that speaks to me on every possible level. But you said useless superpowers. Like every episode is like replete with like, 
like normal people in quotations with completely useless superpowers. Yeah. Like they just have really big ears or they can make things levitate, but only like two or three feet off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> this one guy can, can, can do portals, but he can only make things go portals from like one spot to a foot over. So yeah. It's totally useless. They can carbonate water. Power. Yeah, I know. Like exactly. Like completely useless superpowers, which Love is it. awesome. And then you have these guys with like amazing superpowers who can do cool stuff. That's awesome. I'm going to check that out. All right. So the final question, final question is the big question. And I don't need to ask you if you're familiar with this concept. So I'm just going to go right into it. I have the infinity gauntlet and I am going to offer it to you. It has all six infinity stones in it. If you snap your fingers, it will cost you your life in this particular scenario. I know that that's an MCU scenario, not a comic book scenario necessarily, but in this particular question scenario and think fast, it will cost you your life. But as you well know, the Infinity Gauntlet with all six Infinity Stones grants you virtually unlimited power to change reality, anything you see fit. The first question is, do you snap? And question two is, if you do snap, what happens after you snap? So I snap. Obviously. Fuck, but what do I do? Because it's only got, it's got to be one thing, right? I can't just be like, utopia. Um, well, I mean, like, it, it, you would have to be able to describe whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, it's, it is the Infinity Gauntlet. It's not like it's going to... The Infinity Gauntlet can't very well be like, this is the most incredible thing ever, but like you can only have a very narrowly defined. So I get, I'm going to go again. I know I've done this all day, but I'm going to pick two things because neither is perfect. And I'm going to bring up why they're not perfect. I think that's important. First would be, I think I would immediately increase everybody's empathy by like tenfold. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, The reason being, I think a lot of decisions and bad, horrible things that happen in the world, like right now, you know, what's happening in the Gaza Strip. Yeah, they're, they're bombing each other again. People are dying. It's horrible. Um, I think it's nearly impossible to bomb someone if you see them as something then, if you see them as human and are empathy. You know I mean, like, look, yeah. you're talking to somebody who is very skilled in violence and has spent 20 plus years both being more and more skilled in violence and teaching others to be very skilled in violence. Um, we, have a, we have a joke that while violence may not be the answer, it's always an option. Um, you know, that being said, I don't ever want to have to be violent to anybody ever, like for any reason, if I can absolutely avoid it. That's because I see people as people, right? Um, I think if you have a higher level of empathy, I think you'll see less of that. Now, the problem there is I'm basically taking away people's free will, right? If, if I'm forcing empathy on people, I'm, I'm fundamentally changing who they are as a person. They, do they have the same amount of free will or not? I don't know, but like that would be one. Um, and then the other is I would want, and this is a silly one, but I think, again, I think it would be, it would be, I think it would make the world a better place. I would think the earth's ability to like, if it could like talk to us <laughs> and just be like, dude. Guys, the plastic problem. Like, it's yes, a seriously. out of control. <laughs> and like, just flat out. Yes, it's a real thing. You're screwing this up. <laughs> just get that whole question off the table. Yeah. And I think that would, again, I think it would, it would inform a ton of decisions. I think you would see, you know, corporations not want to pollute the planet anymore. And war would be a less of a, a, of an option because that does create you know, a tremendous toll on the planet. I think those, and I know they're both kind of silly, but no, they're not silly. You know, they're interesting. Those would it's be like the a, ones the, I would The pick. second one makes me think of almost like reality with like uh, narrator uh, subtitles. Basically, <laughs> This <laughs> like, was a bad idea. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. I, I like it. It's, I think it's interesting. They're Again, based purely answers. on my idea that I think people are fundamentally good and that most evil decisions are made out of either a willful 
uh, neglect of empathy or a misunderstanding and the allowing of, of emotions to get involved in a decision that where it was, it shouldn't have been. Love it, man. Well, thank you for uh, playing along on uh, Think Fast. Your answers were awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to looking into My Hero Academia. Uh, and I think all the rest of your answers were fantastic too. I think that means that other people should tell their friends about it. They should share it, which would make this episode shareable. Wait, don't leave. If you've never listened to my fancy outro, do it just once for me, please. Okay, if you enjoy shareable and you find it valuable, there's a few ways that you can support the show. One, you can share it on social media, which I strongly encourage. I mean, it's literally the name of the show, shareable. Two, you can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're an Overcast user, as many of my listeners are, make sure to click that star button on the episodes that you like. The third way that you can support the show is by blogging about it or discussing it on your own podcast or even by making a YouTube video where you talk about one of the episodes. And then the final way that you can support the show is by supporting it directly on Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Now, before I let you go, I want to tell you about one other thing. You see, Shareable is just one of many projects that I'm working on at any given time. I've got another podcast called Rogue. I do a live streaming show every week called The Heroic Council. I've got a blog where I release a blog post twice a week. And if you're looking to keep up with all sorts of different content that can help you grow and become a superhero in life, I want you to check out jeffgibber.me. That's where I list all of my current projects and projects that are coming up in the future, including my forthcoming book, The Lovable Leader. It would mean a lot to me if you could go and check out some of the other things I've worked on because I put just as much of my heart into those projects as I do into Shareable. Thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for being a supporter. And I hope to see you here on the next episode of Shareable.